This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. We're live, we're ready. Go. We'll do it live. Gotta love it. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly. This. The most seedy, unbelievable. Is <coughs> amazing, sensational, dramatic, and history. A neutral zone. It's good. Welcome to the Neutral Zone on this Saturday morning at 11 a.m. as per usual. But we've been let out of the studio today. We are at the Miles Nadal Jewish Community Center at 750 Spadina Avenue in Toronto, Ontario. Of course, at the Experience Expo. And I'm joined by Dave Rakavina, Cam Jenkins, and Jeff Ryman. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I'm liking the energy and the vibe so far. There's tons and tons of people. We're just at the, like he's mentioned, the Miles Nadal Jewish Community Center. People are piling in, and uh, we're in the gymnasium. So we're already down here. Doors are open. It's completely free. So if you're in the area, come drop by. Say hello. You know, like the opening, uh, the, you know, the promo says at the beginning, you know, live from the center of it all. And I, I really feel like we're in the center of it all here today with all the people around, all the exhibits around. Great atmosphere, uh, folks, if you're listening here and uh, you're anywhere near the Bloor and Spadina area, come on down. We'd love to see you. Yeah, it's going to be a great show today. It's a, totally a different vibe with so many people around. Like, this is live, and it's just unbelievable. I have a couple of people just uh, talking right next to us. Hi, how's it going, guys? <laughs> Enjoy the show. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I love this, man. There you go. Can't make friends with the people right Always. next to us live on AMI Audio. Well, Cam, you're a schmoozer. There's a, that's the only, the only thing to call you. Yeah, I've been known to uh, have that name before, for sure. Okay. It's all good, man. It's all good. Well, i got to tell you that uh, a couple of days ago, Dave uh, popped up on my uh, memory wall, and he was wearing a, uh, a, a Patriots jacket, and he said, at that time, a year ago, he said, oh, I'm pretty sure the Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl. Sure enough, they were. This year, he uh, comes back, sits at the table with that exact same jacket on because, of course, the Patriots are going to be back in the Super Bowl. How are you feeling about uh, just over 24 hours before the Patriots uh, go at it again? I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a humdinger matchup. Uh, a lot of questions we'll, we'll get into in a little more detail later on in the show. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. Uh, great to see the Patriots back in it. And even though you can say the Rams uh, were are very fortunate to be in the Super Bowl, they're going to be a very formidable opponent nonetheless. Yes, it's going uh, to be a good matchup. I was uh, chatting with our manager of AMI-audio last night, and I texted him and I said, I have a really good idea. The neutral zone should go to the Super Bowl. And he replied and he said to me, yep, if it's ever at the corner of uh, Lawrence and Don Mills, we can get, we can get s- uh, sideline seats and we'll cover it. So, so when are they planning to build a stadium there so we can uh, go from the Super Bowl? I don't know, Roger Goodell. Let's have a Super Bowl. Not, not at any of our <laughs> lifetimes. Yeah. Well, the Bills tried that. We saw what happened there. But, uh, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We were, we were talking on the Gazette. Uh, Cam joined me, actually. We were talking about uh, the Super Bowl and how the NBA has sort of overshined this whole week of the NFL. Dominated with so the headlines. Many, <laughs> literally dominated the headlines. Uh, it's just been unbelievable to see what's going on in the NBA. Like A week ago, we had no idea that Anthony Davis wanted to get out of New Orleans. And it was funny because it's like 
it's like a it's like a kick in the gut for people who were living in New Orleans the last couple of weeks with the pass interference call and all the lawsuits going against the NFL, uh, which have gone nowhere, by the way. They actually shot all those down. There's not going to be a replay of a game, so don't worry. The Super Bowl will go on as, as uh, it, it's supposed to tomorrow. Um, so they not only had that go wrong with them, and then Anthony Davis came down and dropped the bombshell saying he wants out and he's not planning on resigning there. Yeah. Uh, so pretty, tough, pretty, tough pretty. couple of weeks for New Orleans. And, of course, the Kristaps Porzingis trade in the NBA as well. Blockbuster. Uh, blockbuster, huge deal. So uh, lots going on leading up to the Super Bowl, but not really involving NFL or football very no. much. <laughs> now, now, are you guys, because I was hearing a few things this past couple of days about the Raptors having a 3 o'clock start tomorrow. Are you guys bothered by this? Does it overshadow the NFL and their pregame festivities, or I, do you really no. care? If I, they want somebody to watch the game, I think they need to have it at absolutely. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a good, it's a good table rather, It's usually 6 or yeah. 7 o'clock yeah. on a Sunday night, yeah. so yeah. if they I want agree. somebody watching them, I kind of like it. I, kinda, yeah. I mean, I have hockey Perfect. at 4.30 on Sunday afternoon, which kind of sucks, and I've already said I'm going to go to it because I'm a team player, of course. Um, Out of boy, Jeff. <laughs> well done, but well done. if you're having a Super Bowl party, <laughs> they have basically the pregame show starting at probably noon. How much pregame do you really want to watch? So oh, the Raptors are on. I, I think on NFL Network, they're going 24 <laughs> hours all it's, weekend. It's, it's I was going to say, I probably could be up at 1 o'clock in the morning yeah. and see uh, some pregame. So it's a little overkill. NFL. So if you can get a little basketball Toronto Raptors in there from, say, 3 till 5.30 or so, and then watch an hour worth of pregame leading up to the Super Bowl, I think if you're a sports fan, you're in love with this type of stuff. And I think there's hockey games and stuff going on. Oh yeah, there's earlier, everything. You got earlier in the on. afternoon. So you, you, you if you're a, if you're a sports fan, you don't want to listen to the pregame stuff. There's other stuff going on. So yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I'm totally on board with the uh, with the Raptors ahead of time. To be perfectly honest, we don't have Raptors on the schedule today. But just quickly around the table, are you bothered to see the Raptors lose to the Bucks at home? Yeah, I was. I, I was actually at that game, and uh, thanks to one of my sons who got me tickets for a Christmas present, um, I, they came out a little on the flat side, I thought, and at no time did they look really sharp in that game. And the Bucks had, I think, at one point in the third quarter, I think they were up by 24, 24 points. They were. And although the, the Raps came back somewhat in the fourth quarter, their their offense was not good at all, and... and you know, they just they get a big play, but then they couldn't get a stop and they couldn't force a turnover, and that happened throughout the game. And I, I, I'm concerned now. I, I'm starting to uh, starting to wonder about this team. Cam, concerned? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, is Valanciunas? He's still out though, right? Yes, he so, is. Yeah. He's, I think he's a, nearing a comeback. Yeah, yeah. So I think once he's back in, and they kind of had the two-headed monster at center again, I think that's going to help things out. But. Nothing would help out more than uh, having an Anthony Davis for a year and a half and uh, helping out the defense, I think. So. I, I, I doubt very much you're going to see that, though. The, oh, come on. Yeah. I wanted to start something here. Oh, no, no, uh, sure. I, Actually, I pour it, cold it, water on it already. If you, want, if you want to go there, I mean, I don't know what it would take to, to, to lure an Anthony Davis there, but be the, the Lakers, there's a report the Lakers' first offer included Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and a first-round pick, which New Orleans then turned down. So yeah. if the Raptors want to get him will have to give up probably Pascal OG a couple of picks I, I, I wouldn't maybe do a that. veteran player I, I wouldn't do that especially when you don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard yet Yeah, you I know, know. I, I'm still optimistic I'm, I'm, I'd like to think it's 50-50 that he comes back here but uh, I, don't, I don't 
come across very many people who I think know. that way. I've kind of, uh, at first I was like, no, absolutely not, because you're going to have to give away Siakam, OG, like all of our best players, and you're just going to gut the team. Yeah. But if you trade for Anthony Davis, you're going to have him for a year and a bit. And then I think what would end up happening is Kawhi, he would sign another one-year deal. And if you can be that close to getting a couple of uh, championships, after that, you're probably going to blow it up anyway. So, you know what? I'm kind of going to have some nice pieces to build on, though, that even if they lose Kawhi next year, you know, you've still got Siakam will be a much bigger part of the puzzle next year. You've got, you know, uh, how many years of mediocrity is it going to be with just having those players? I don't know if I'd say the Raptors will be, be a mediocre team if they lose Kawhi and, and not do anything else. Uh, there's going to be a slip down the standings, no doubt. But I don't think it's they're not going to sink down to, like, New York Knicks level. And the uh, Raptors, you know, I wouldn't see that. They've been linked. I think every team's basically been linked to the Anthony Davis trade talk. And as much as I think they should go all in for him, uh, I, I do think they should because they have – if you give up Pascal, if you give up OG, if you give up maybe another like Freddie or or DeLon Wright or a first-round pick, I think that's fine because as long as you keep, I think Danny Green is one of those guys they need to keep. If yeah. they can get C.J. Miles going, yeah. uh, and if you can throw in Anthony Davis into that mix of, of already existing players on the Raptors roster, I think they can, they can go a long way. Having that said, I think uh, Marcus Gasol is still out there. I think he might be a good addition. I know... He's uh, signed for this year and next year at around $25 million per season, I think. So it's a pretty hefty contract. I'm not sure if they want to bring that in. Yeah. But I think he might be a cheaper buy, and I still think he has a lot to give, especially as a rebounder and a solid defensive player. It's, I think he'd be a, a good fit in Toronto as well. It'll be very interesting to see down the stretch what the Raptors do, but I definitely had alarm bells uh, going off watching that last game against Milwaukee. I was a little bit concerned, and I'm not so sure that uh, Valentunas, yes, he's going to make a difference, but I'm not so sure he's going to make that big of a difference that you're going to see uh, a huge change. So the Raptors really need to do something. We'll see what happens. So it'll be very interesting. On that note, we're going to take our first break here live at the uh, Miles Dell Jewish Community Center, 750 Spadina Avenue here in Toronto. Coming up next, we're going to talk to George Kawarku, the Paralympic athlete, and he's a race runner, so we're going to get into a conversation about that on the other side of the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Dave Rukavina and Cam Jenkins. Well, gentlemen, we are one segment through the books, and we're happy to welcome in uh, George Kowarku, who is a Paralympic athlete in the uh, track world. George, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. You're doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Excellent. Glad to have you aboard, George. Thank you. <laughs> so can you start by telling us how you got involved in uh, track? Yeah, so actually I started running back in 2013. Um, no, actually, sorry. 2012, um, I wasn't really serious in the track like that because uh, at the time I was running on my own and uh, kind of struggling with staying between my lane and whatnot. So um, in 20, uh, 2013, of this, that summer, uh, I saw a Paralympic athlete call 
Brandon, um, and he was actually running with a guide, right? So I'm like, shoot, uh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I can run with a guide too, right? So that kind of expanded into me training and, um, you know, uh, getting a guide and making it this far. Yeah. And George, um, mm -hmm. in para-sports, there's uh, different classifications. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your classification and how you got classified? Yeah, sure. Um, so in, uh, in track, there's three categories for the visually impaired uh, athletes. So there's T11, T12, and T13. I'm a T13, and um, that pretty, sorry, I'm a T12, and that pretty much means that um, I have an option to run with either a guide or I can run on my own. Um, for my vision, I don't have enough vision to run on my own, so I choose to run with a guy. I was just a follow-up question, sorry. What does yeah, the yeah. T mean? So the T just stands for track. So if I was okay. doing field, uh, I would be an F12. Right? Uh, T just stands for like track, and F stands for field athletes. George, you mentioned a minute ago that uh, you know you run with a guide. Describe mm -hmm. what the guide does for you and, and how he or she interacts with you. So uh, my guide is uh, he, and he's pretty much there to help me, guide me, stay in my lane, and get me to the finish line. Um, you know, without stepping on the line or getting disqualified. So it's it's a pretty like trusting type of uh, 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 relationship that you have to have with the guy because I mean if you don't trust him <laughs> you're not gonna run put your whole trust in him run that fast to you know get him to get you to the finish line so um, you know me and him we run with the tether um, we pretty much made our own tether we cut uh -huh. up a skipping rope okay tied it <laughs> and then you know uh, he holds on to one end I hold on to the other and uh, he guides me around the track that way you know um, you know, like when we're going around a bend or like, you know, coming around the corner, he just tells me how many steps or how many meters, you know, okay. to the, to, to the, sh uh, the straight away. And he just adjusts my, 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 uh, my positioning in the, in the, in the lane. So that was going to lead into my next question. I yeah. would think that he'd have to be almost as strong a runner as you are. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's way faster than I am. Like he has to be faster than I am just in case. Um, you know, I get to the next level. He, he has to be able to keep up with me. So he would actually run ahead of you then, is that correct? Um, no, he actually doesn't run ahead of me. He runs right beside me. So okay. the tether, we are, we are linked by our arm. Mm -hmm. um, I hold on to one, on, one end of the uh, tether, and then he holds on to the other end. So he's running right beside me. So as fast as I go, he goes as fast as that, right? If I go slow, he's going slow. If I'm going fast, he's going fast, right? I see. So can you talk a little bit about... Uh, the f when you get to the finish line, you mm -hmm. have to cross first before your guide, correct? Yeah. Yes, I have to. And if the guide crosses for at first, what happens? I get disqualified um, just based on they, I don't know, it's kind of some type of rule that they have in parasports where if your guide crosses before the athlete, it's kind of like they kind of see it as um, the guide was kind of pulling you along. So they don't, uh, they kind of frown upon that. So the guide... Five meters before I, uh, we get to the finish line, my guide lets go of the tether, and then he uh, 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 um, tells me to run through the, the line, right? So it's kind of like smooth. You really have to have uh, really solid communication for that, eh? Oh, yeah. To make sure that <laughs> I think I'd be pretty mad at my guide. Gosh darn it, I ran so hard and you crossed the line before me. <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be my, uh, my issue. 
Can you tell us a little bit about your Paralympic experience? Because I know you've done that. Yeah, well, I haven't done Paralympics yet, but um, I have competed, represented Canada in the Para Pan Am Games, um, World Championships last, no, two years ago in uh, London, England, and recently uh, at the Commonwealth Games in Australia. That was last year? That was last year? Yeah, yeah. And what's the experience like competing because the pair of pans that you were at they were mm-hmm. here in toronto yeah. what's the experience competing here for your country in your home country compared to when you were in london at the world championships honestly it was my first time making a, a, an international meet and i cannot tell you like the experience was just it was great like everybody home was like you know rooting for you everybody's like you know go canada so like being having the privilege to run on your own soil is like it's just an extraordinary uh, uh, experience. It's like I mean, I'm Australia, uh, uh, London. It was a whole different experience. Like mm-hmm. we had a lot more crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you walk in the stadium, it's just loud and whatnot. But honestly, it's, it's not the same as running on, you know, in Canada on your own soil and representing them. So. Yeah. And for the yeah. uh, men and women that want to get involved mm-hmm. uh, with uh, blind running, um, can you maybe talk a little bit about how to get involved and maybe what your training regime is if they want to get to your level of right. um, running? Yeah. I mean, it, like, if anybody wants to get into the sport, you can get into it through different uh, organizations. Um, I got into uh, through OBSA. Um, back in 2012, they used to hold a, a, a meet called the Para, Para, oh man, I forgot now. Um, but anyways, yeah, they used to hold a meet up in Kingston. Yep. And, um, my school, W. Ross, used to take a couple of athletes down there to compete and, you know, just have fun and whatnot. So that's where actually my coach discovered me because he's big on para sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so he saw me run and he came up to me and said, hey, you want to get into running? I said, sure, I, I want to I get into it. So um, yeah, he invited me to come out to his practices, um, come and join his club, and that's how I actually got into running. But um, there, like I said, there are different organizations out there that can um, get any individual into the sport of running or any other sport. Um, for that matter, right? Um, OBSA is a great organization. Um, you can reach out to different um, organizations. I don't really know a whole lot. But OBSA is the biggest one that, that I know right now. No, but, for sure they um, are. Absolutely. Yeah, and for training-wise, I mean, <laughs> if you want to be an elite athlete, you have to be tra- training on a, on a daily basis. Like, I train five times a week. Yeah. Right? I'm on the track three times a week. I'm in the gym three times a week. I'm in the pool or getting other treatments times a week, right? So I have to sort of manage all of that and put fit them into one, you know, one day and whatnot, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, George, I understand when you're not in training and you're not in competitions, you also <laughs> moonlight as a DJ. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, DJing is why I have the passion. I really love DJing. Um, I got into DJing around maybe three, four years ago. For like seriously, <laughs> so yeah, I've been DJing for, for that long. Um, you know, recently just got into it more. I'm DJing at different locations, bars in Toronto, 
um, different venues and whatnot. So. <laughs> yeah. Living the dream. That's right. <laughs> and if people want to reach out to you and uh, so they, you can DJ for them, how can they reach out to you? I'm on social media, uh, anywhere on social media, Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook. They can all reach me at uh, GQ Sounds. So it's my initials <laughs> and then Sounds at the end. So yeah, you can, anybody can reach me there. Um, yeah. Awesome, George. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this interview. Greatly yeah, appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> That was, that was George Kowarku, para-athlete for the sport of running, joining us, telling us all about his experiences and also uh, his side gig of DJing, so we appreciate that. Coming up next, we are really going to start diving into the Super Bowl uh, next uh, segment, and we're going to get into some of the crazy prop bets right after the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined on location by Jeff Ryman, Dave Rakavina, and Cam Jenkins. Well, the Super Bowl is upon us, which means it's time for us to discuss it at length. We have the uh, New England Patriots and the L.A. Rams. Uh, gentlemen, let's start with uh, thoughts on the game before we dive into the crazy prophet. Dave? Uh, surprisingly, I look for a lower-scoring game as a higher-scoring game. That may come as a surprise to some people, but I think this is going to be a battle of wills and uh, who can dominate with the run game. Uh, you know, the, the uh, Rams had great success earlier in the season with uh, Todd Gurley. Then he got a little bit nicked up. They signed C.J. Anderson, and, man, has he been a ball of fire since about week 15 of the regular season. I think he leads the NFL in rushing. I think he's amassed close to 500 yards uh, since week 16. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, the Patriots uh, have a fairly solid run defense. The Rams have a pretty good O-line. The Patriots' offensive line was dominant against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. And uh, we don't have to talk very much about the Rams' defensive line, especially spearheaded by... Um, uh, Aaron Donald and, um, and I always get his name. Dominic Sue. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's, <laughs> a, that's a, a, a mouthful. Yeah, and then uh, Melvin Fowler, uh, mid-season acquisition from Jacksonville, really made that uh, you know brought back shades of the fearsome foursome for those of you listeners who are in my age bracket, uh, the dominant D line that the Rams once had. But, uh, so 29 <laughs> is your age bracket, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. I was gonna, I'm looking around here, and I'm like, I don't think anyone's in your age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> in this whole building. Anyway. Be that as it may, age is just a number. <laughs> it is, I agree. But uh, anyway, anyway uh, I look for that. And uh, the other thing, too, is uh, with the Rams, uh, you know, they, they've got a nice punch there. Uh, Gurley is more of the outside runner, very dangerous on the jet sweep, meaning like you line up wide on one side, run across the formation, and then take the ball and, and, and go up the opposite side of the field. Uh, whereas C.J. Anderson is more of a uh, slasher, a north-south runner, an interior type of guy. Patriots are going to really have to pay attention to these guys, and I have every confidence that they will. 
the other thing, too, with the pass game, uh, you know, you'd think it would favor the Rams with their receiving core and, uh, you know, with how impressive Jared Goff has been this season. Look for the Patriots to mix up the men in the zone coverage there as well. The Patriots are a man coverage team. Uh, that's what they prefer to play. But uh, Jared Goff has had more success throwing against man coverage than he has against zone coverage. So this is going to be, again, a very intriguing mac- matchup, and I look for the Patriots to do a lot of disguising. Now, I've, I've talked a lot about the Patriots. Obviously, I'm a Patriots fan. I probably know. No kidding. I like, I like really? to think I know more about them than most of the other teams. But anyway. I, I think you're jacking it away. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, give the, give the Rams their due. They may have lucked out against the Saints, but this is still a quality football team. And uh, Bum, Bum Phillips' son, son of Bum, Wade Phillips, is defensive coordinator. And if you think I'm old, he's 71. So uh, there you go. You know, uh, like I say, age is a number here, guys. All uh, right, he's gonna he's gonna cook up some schemes for, uh, to try and confuse Tom Brady, if that's at all possible. Are, are the Patriots the best team in the sense of being able to mix it up? Like I've seen them throw everything at, the, at other teams, but the kitchen sink—no pun intended. Uh, but are they the best team at doing this camp? I would say so. I think the Patriots, um, every game uh, that they play in, they always seem to throw something that they haven't used in a very long time to be able to confuse the other team. Um, I think they did it uh, last week or whenever they last played. I don't know the specific play, but I remember the commentators talking about it and saying, hey, this is what the Patriots do. They uh, throw in a play there that they haven't used in years, and it confuses the other team, and they end up... Uh, getting a first down because of it or doing well because of it well if you read you know about bill belichick's history i mean i swear that guy was watching game film probably a minute after he came out of his mother's womb i mean you know uh like that that's how that that, that's this guy's history what what is he saying no days off or something Uh, well you know it's yeah it's interesting you mention that because i remember reading after one of their super bowl wins uh, it was like a Tuesday afternoon. They had the Super Bowl parade through downtown Boston. Everybody's in the jovial mood except for Belichick. He's teed off because, in his words, getting to the Super Bowl has cost us a month of preparation. We're a month behind everyone else in preparing for next season already. As soon as that parade ended, he hot-footed it back to his office and spent the rest of the night there. He's a robot. He really That's is. Yeah, it makes you wonder something. That's hardcore. And, and it's funny because you get guys like Rob Gronkowski who are partying through yeah, the party Super Bowl. Yeah. Pre, Pre-Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl, yeah. you name it, yeah. he's partying. He's complete got the drunk bus going on. Or? Ah, I, I love the personality. But I, in, in terms of his game, I think their game plan, going back to your question, Brock, yeah, I think uh, the Patriots are good at changing up their formations, their system, basically every week which is probably pretty tiresome on the players but they seem to be able to do it and with the quarterback with the wits of tom brady i think uh it's a perfect match because i think the patriots game plan is how to counter their opponent's game plan you know absolutely (laughs) and that's the way it should be it's almost like a cheat code for tom brady you're basically he knows what coverage you're you're using basically at all times so he knows exactly where to go at the exact same time and you saw it time and time again in their last game. How many third down conversions did he hit Julian Edelman for? Yeah. It was unbelievable to watch. Now, because of this, though, um, 
do they look for uh, football players that have a high IQ that can be able to oh, very remember the, all of those different plays that they have to be very, able to do? Very much. Uh, actually, just to shed light on that, you're going back some years now, but there was a quarterback. Well, you know, I'm pretty old too, you know, Rukavina. There. Uh, Oh, hey, I, I never doubted that. But anyway. What's with the age on today's show? Like, what's going on? Hey, this we live in a society that's getting progressively older here. So, you know what? We're taking our due here. I don't recommend it. But, but get, anyway, um, no, I'll tell just one story about uh, an Argo quarterback, and I'll leave the names out. But uh, anyway, uh, he was originally drafted by the Patriots. And basically, he was cut because they, after a training camp, they believed he was not smart enough to comprehend their playbook. Oh. So that's how he ended up with the Argos. Uh, anyway, be that as it may, look for the look for something unusual tomorrow night as well. You've had the three-headed monster in the Patriot backfield. Sony Michelle was had a huge game against yeah. Kansas City in the AFC Championship. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams key on him, and so yeah. you see more of Rex Burkhead maybe getting I, the I ball. Think, I think that's going to be a crucial matchup because we've seen it time and time again where if the Patriots get the run game going, that really, yeah. really opens things up even more so for Tom Brady. But it, it, with that with that defensive line for the L.A. Rams, Rams. which is so dominant, yes. if, they can, if they can somehow contain Michelle and Burkhead, I think if they can get their hands on Tom Brady, if they can just that's rush what him, they've got to do. They've well, got, got that's their only Tom way. Tom Brady's I think. only been rushed or hit what three times these playoffs? Mm, I think not, I heard. Yeah, not their own line or is it zero? Many. Yeah, yeah their yeah. line. So they're going to have to get to Tom Brady, and that's how they're going to win the game. Look, look for the three running backs on the field all at one time, and look for uh, when Brady does throw. It's not going to be deep. It's going to be play action stuff. Little, little. And the other thing, the other thing is, you got to get penalties on the Patriots. You gotta force them to make mistakes. This team does not make very many mistakes. If you can get advantages of 10 yards, you know the odd 15-yard penalty, you have to take advantage of it because it's not going to happen very often. And if you if you get them, you better you better make make things happen. And when and when you know, great point you make there, Brock. Because if you look back and you go through, you can go through preseason, regular season playoffs. If the Patriots are held to under, or if the Patriots have only seven flags go against them in the course of the game, they usually win. If it's greater than seven or eight, they lose almost nine times out of ten. There you go. And that, and un- unfortunately, that's the analytics of sports. People analyze that, and you know the exact number. And you got and coaches are going to stand there and go, "Okay, there's been four. Five, we got to get, we got to get it up there." You know. So that's. Um, that's a big deal. And I feel like we've done a lot of talking with about the New England Patriots, but you can't forget about the other team oh, in no, the Super Bowl. No, the no. L.A. Rams, their no. offense isn't, uh, isn't bad whatsoever. Jared Goff, again, uh, putting up a, uh, a great year. And Todd Gurley had a great, outstanding regular season. But sort of, I don't know if injuries have gotten the better of him or if the workload has just gotten to him because he was worked like crazy at the beginning of the season. I think he had over, what, 15, 20 Touchdowns from scrimmage yeah. yes. this year. Yes. Uh, so he was worked heavily both in the pass and the rush, obviously. Uh, and, and their wide receivers are, are pretty good, this too. This is the Super Bowl, though. So is Brady, how many Super Bowls he's been to? Like he's nine. He's been to nine. He's been more. He's and been more. 30 some odd playoff games. Yeah. And Goff, he's been to, this is his third. Uh, playoff game now. This is yeah. for yeah, so yeah. like is that going to play a factor as well as yeah. far as experience goes? Is he going to crumble under the pressure? I don't know. I mean, go back to last year. Who would have given Nick Foles a shot? 
against okay, Tom Brady. That's true. And he had the game of his life. If, if Jared Goff wins the Super Bowl, does that define his career? It'll go a long way towards doing yeah. that. I mean, he's come a long way since being drafted first overall a couple of years ago. People were already talking in that first year with uh, Jeff Fisher as their head coach down. He was being and called a bust. He was being called a bust already because he didn't he didn't snag that starting position at quarterback right from the get-go, which most first overall quarterbacks do. And uh, it seemed to take him a little bit of time to adjust to their playbook. Uh, and then, obviously, the Rams didn't do very good that first year with with uh, Jared Goff in their organization. Then they hired the quarterback guru, an offensive guru in Sean McVay, and everything sort of the turned right, around. The right coach makes uh, that, that's a, that That can define your career as much as anything. Yes. You know, it's interesting because you go back to Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher, uh, Fisher was a fairly successful NFL head coach. He was stuck in the Tennessee. He's a defensive guy. Yeah. And he comes out of the old Buddy Ryan 46 defense, and he's a disciple of that. But he didn't make the right hire in terms of offensive coordinator, and I guess that probably ended Jeff's coaching career, at least in the NFL. Uh, and then, yeah, like you say, you know, he hires um, uh, they hired the Rams hire Sean McKay as head coach, and the rest is history. All right, before we get into the prop betting, I want a prediction and I want a score. Who's winning and what's the score? Okay. Dave, start with you. I'm going to say 24-21 Patriots. It'll be a real battle and it'll be very entertaining as well, but it's going to be a real test of wills. Jeff? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be the Patriots coming out on top. I think it's not going to be a crazy high-scoring game, but I think with these two offenses, I think there's going to be touchdowns being scored. I'm going to say 27-24 Patriots. Cam? Uh, I am going to say 28 for the Patriots and 21 for LA. I'm going to say 21-17 for the for the uh, New England Patriots. And I cannot forget, I have to put out Brett's bet. I didn't ask him for the score. He might be able to text me during the break, but he's going with the Rams beating uh -huh. uh, beating the Patriots. He wants to eat another pickled onion, apparently. Uh, didn't he say, oh, didn't he boy. have one comment that uh, he was he was willing to wager five pickled onions? What? I, I'm not sure. We'll ha I'll I, I check with him in the see, break. But, my uh, jaw dropped when I saw that comment He has something for those pickled onions. Like He just like throwing that bet out left, right, that and center. Guy, I think he secretly likes the pickled that, onions. That, well, that actually, guy must have iron guts as far as I'm Brett had uh, tweeted out earlier to me because we uh, tend to go on, at it on uh, Twitter. Yes. And he was saying that the Rams NFL are going to win. Because uh, he's done eating pickled onions, so. See, I, I hope he's right. See, I mean, I'm I'm a Bills guy. He's at so four, ladies and gentlemen. Four. Four pickled. Is he? Four pickled onions. Oh boy. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're gonna. In the next segment, we'll carry this over because I want uh, Kelly's uh, feedback on some of these prop betting. But uh, will the coin toss come up heads or tails? Dave. Uh, I'll say heads. But it depends. Uh, who's the home team here anyway? Like, who gets to call it? I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it's the Patriots, but I'm not positive. I'm going to say heads on this. I mean, it's 50-50, it's right? I mean, yeah. I, I always just yeah. go heads. Yeah. Cam? Going tails. I'm with you. I'm going <laughs> tails on this one. Who wins the toss, and will they receive or defer? Jeff? I, I feel like you have to receive. Get the momentum on your side early going. Uh, so, yeah, receive. And who wins the toss? Patriots. Patriots, okay. We got it. 
This one will be interesting. I, usually most teams defer, and the Patriots almost always do when they win the coin toss. Uh, but you're playing in what should be perfect weather conditions unless the roof caves in at the, uh, at the stadium in Atlanta. But, yeah, somehow maybe in this game you want to get, you want to draw first blood. Maybe you, maybe you do receive today or, uh, you know, tomorrow. And, Cam? I receive, and I'm going with the Rams. Receive, and I'm going with the Patriots. Follow-up question to that. Will it be returned for a touchdown? Yes or no? <laughs> Cam? You know what? Do I have to bet a pickled onion on this? <laughs> if you want to, go for it. Absolutely not. I don't want to bet it. I can just say it's going to be run back for a touchdown. Jeff? No. I, I mean, how many have we seen so far this year? I don't think many, if at all. So I'm going to say no. You know, there's, there's no chance this can be run back for a touchdown. I, I would agree. And I'll just say one more thing about those pickled onions. Watching Brett eat that one that one day in the studio, my stomach was turning watching it. I, 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 I like I, what your jacket's doing to me right now. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Will there be a touchdown in the first quarter? Yes or no? Cam? Absolutely. <laughs> Pretty confident about that one. Absolutely. <laughs> and he even gives me the, the hand gesture of, like, what are you even asking me this for? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a touchdown score in the first quarter, yeah. I'm going the other way here. I, I, I'm not saying there won't be, but don't be surprised. Don't yeah. be surprised if, you know, the score is either scoreless or 3 nothing for somebody. So will there or will there not? All right, you know what, just because you guys all said there would be, I'm going to say no. I hope someone's keeping notes of this, but mind you, we can always get it off the, you know, uh, All right, podcast. so for those of you that are confident there's going to be a touchdown score, who scores it first? In the first quarter? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the Patriots, and if you want a specific player, Julian Edelman. He's going to even go specific there? Yeah. I'll go along with the Pats, but I have a funny feeling about Rex Burkhead. I think he's going to have a monster game. I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with the Rams. And um, not too uh, sure about the particular players on the team, so I'm just going Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams, and I'm going to go with the quarterback score with Jared Goff. Ooh. I'm going to I'm going to go with the quarterback score Run on that so I think we'll leave it at that for this segment, but we will carry more of them over because they get weirder and weirder as I go down the list. So we'll just keep playing with it. And we're going to add Kelly McDonald to the conversation right after the break. And I'm going to get his thoughts on some of these prop bets because uh, I know he's a huge football fan, not. But we'll see what he says. And uh, we'll talk about our Super Bowl plans as well, along with the NHL. We'll see what else we get into on the other side of the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, joined by Dave and Cam. We are currently at the Miles Nadal Jewish Community Center at 750 Spadina Avenue in Toronto, Ontario at the White Cane Week Experience Expo. Come on down. We're going to have a full day of broadcasting. Coming up soon will be Kelly McDonald and Rami Amuthan. They will be on from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to find out more about that in one second. 
But we're going to welcome in Kelly McDonald right now. He's going to join us and finish out our show. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, guys. Busy day around here. How's yes. the show? It's always good. We had uh, George on, and it was a good interview. We got into some of the crazy uh, prospecting that uh, goes on in, <laughs> in the Super Bowl, which we're going to get your thoughts on. But first question for you, heads or tails on the coin toss? And what would you say? <laughs> I got to go with Patriots. Yes, but heads or tails for the Patriots. Which one? Um, oh, you mean on on, on who, the coin toss? On the actual coin toss? Yeah, yeah. going heads oh, or the tails. Rams. Yeah, but heads or tails? Which one? Oh, oh heads. <laughs> there sure. we go. <laughs> Shows you how much I was listening while you guys were doing the show. <laughs> well, it's got a two-hour show to go, so you're concentrating on your Kelly and Company, which you completely understand. Been wandering around, meeting so many of the great people. Which, anyway, uh, we'll talk about in a minute. Yes. Uh, let's see. Which one do I want to do now? Oh, this one's fun, because they always do that little box in the corner to find out how long the national anthem will be. Will it be over 1 minute and 47 seconds or under 1 minute and 47 seconds, Dave? I'll say over by a slight bit. I'm looking forward to that, though. Again, Gladys Knight yeah, in the pit. Yeah, yeah. That goes back to my era, man. <laughs> now, that was music. I got to tell you, I had to look up who Gladys Knight was. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, you young guys. <laughs> Are you serious? Gladys Knight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get oh. with it. He really wondered oh. about these pips. He probably thought it was another team. <laughs> Three-team Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, Cam, over or under on oh, one? definitely over. Definitely over. <laughs> definitely over. Oh, Kelly? I minutes. hope over. With you, Gladys? Oh, yeah, I hope over. You hope over. All right, I am going with... Uh, Let's go under because, well, why not? What, you're going to say she's getting older? So she'll <laughs> do a uh, kind of mock-down version? Yes, we can only hope. <laughs> Kelly, don't these young guys make you wonder oh, sometimes? He, he makes oh, me wonder all the time. There, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to be gracious there. But anyway, that's what I like about you. You tell it like it is. Dave, you ever see Gladys? You ever see the pics? I, I did once a long time ago. I, I, I enjoyed it, yeah. That's the point. Long time ago. <laughs> I don't think it was a long time ago. I've been around here for a long time. And you have time. to remember, most people involved in the Super Bowl remember Gladys Knight, the Pip Rock. <laughs> Fair I mean, enough. I real fans. Fair enough. Fair. Yeah, I keep saying old school's cool. <laughs> don't forget <laughs> it. All right, let's get back to uh, prof betting. Over or under on six points scored in the first quarter? Cam. Over. Over. Kelly? Over. I'm going under. I'm going let's go with under. Let's I don't want to be you might. I don't want to be like yep. everyone else. Because oh. that's overall points, right? Between both teams? Yeah. Yes. Oh definitely yeah. over. For sure. Well then fine. <laughs> How many rushing yards by the Los Angeles Rams? Over hundred and twenty seven and a half? Under hundred and twenty seven and a half. Under. In one quarter? One, gotta be under. under. Gotta under. gotta be under. under. You know? Kelly? Under for sure. Under for sure. Look at these confident people. Yeah, I, despite the great weather. Like, that is something to be said for this game where location, everything, the weather, not really a factor. Uh, but, I mean, most of the time teams don't run for that that many yards mm -hmm. in an entire game. game so, yeah. you know. All right. Let's uh, do a couple more. Total fumbles in the first quarter. Oh, <laughs> No, no. Total fumbles from each team. Uh, oh, under one or over one? Cam? I'm going to go over one. I'm going to go over one. Kelly? I'm going to say under. 
There you go. I'm going under as well. Both teams are very good ball control. They're, they're, yeah, they're going to protect that ball. And yeah. again, I go back to the weather conditions. There's no need. Yeah. All right, next. Uh, will either team score in the final three minutes? Dave? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, a little hesitation on that one. Kim? Absolutely. Oh. This, this is going down right to the wire. Oh. Somebody's definitely going to score. Kelly? I don't think so. I know it's the way it's been, but I don't think so. All right. I'm going with yes, and I'm going with it's going to be Tom Brady. Yeah, if it happens. On the uh, final drive, because that's his uh, MO. It's like, give me the ball under three minutes left. Final one we're going to do. This is one that humored us last night as we were discussing it. What color Gatorade will be poured on the winning coach? <laughs> you got to be kidding. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, uh, these are the fun questions that I thought we were going to get into. Green or yellow, orange, red, uh, clear, blue. Let's see if I got any more. Or oh, purple. What do we got? Blue. I'll go clear. Purple. I'm going to go orange. Oh. I'm going to go orange. Yep. Do I got any more? Is that the last one? Unbelievable. What's the first commercial going to be? Uh, <laughs> those are the types of questions I love. A Pepsi commercial. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I wonder. They might. They I'm might have that power. I'm going with an insurance uh, company is what I'm going to go Think for. Think so? Yeah. Mm. Not beer, not... No, insurance. Yeah, mm. I could see it. I could see Pepsi, too, because it's in Atlanta. Yeah. Super Bowl mm. halftime show. Oh, wait a minute. Coca-Cola yeah, World Headquarters say, exactly. are in Atlanta. You <laughs> can't right. have Pepsi. You yeah. can't have Pepsi. But though. Pepsi's sponsoring the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, that is true. So yeah. Because of halftime. Yeah, yeah that was mm -hmm. a coup. Just very quickly, uh, before we ask Kelly what's coming on later, as a, if you're the Leafs, are you happy with Jake Muzzin? Yes, no? Oh, I, I would think so. That's that's a great trade for both teams, I think. Kim? Yeah, good trade. Um, you know, with the game last night, uh, he was a little bit slow, but it's got to take time to learn a new system uh, from what the Kings were playing to the Leafs. and. Uh, the Leafs just totally did not play well last night as an entire did, team. So. Did the Kings have a system this year? I mean, the, whatever I watched, <laughs> no, they looked know, like they were skating at quicksand. 30th in the league, maybe 29th well, in the league. That is one so. slow team. Oh, I know. Jeez, I might I be able to skate with those guys. Jeff well, doesn't have his mic on, but give me a give me a year and eight. Jake Muzzin, do you? Do you Rel like everything's it? relative. Yeah. Jeff's giving a thumbs up on the Jake Muzzin thing, so there you go. I wonder because uh, like Toronto's needed such defensive help, and I guess that's really going to no matter what you say, going to bring it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I think it's going to be good. I think it's good for Morgan Riley. Yes, he's yep. kind of mm. on a, on his offhand, but. Uh, you know, he's going to go to the other side, left side, to, to play. But I, I like it. And, you know, Muzzin's a good skater, and he's going to hit hard, and that's what the Leafs need on the back end as well. It, so once he uh, kind of gets used to Toronto and their system, he'll be fine. And, and he's, he provides a nice compliment for Morgan Riley as well, as opposed to Ron Hainsey. Nothing against Hainsey. Mm -hmm. But I think because of Hainsey's relative slow. slowness, maybe held Morgan Riley back a little bit. Absolutely. So, you now know. Riley's going to be able to go that's up right. into the rush, yeah. yes. and he knows he's going to have a defenseman back there that's, that's right. going to be able to, yeah. so it's going to help. And, and Muzzin can even lead the rush at times as well, exactly. so it's a, it's a good move. Exactly, and as they've been talking like about it. Hainsey, he's going to go back to the third line now, and that's where well, he's he going to be, be able to yeah, well, better have be. better competition that, you yeah. know, that's going to be as slow as he is. So yes. I think it's going to be good for everyone all around. All right, It changes that predictability. 
Kel, you're taking over at uh, 1 p.m. with, of course, your normal counterpart, Remy Amuthan, with an AMI Audio Live. Can you tell us what's coming up? Well, being here at the White King Week Expo, there is so many people. I've been rift- drifting around the room, talking to different people, and we're going to do the same on the program. For two hours, we're going to bring different people on and, and kind of inform you that some of the people, and we can only really scratch the surface here since there's so much. Uh, we've got some, uh, some people. We're going to have talk to Onyx Canada. I've talked to an old friend of the show as well, Libby Thaw, about the Checkered Eye Project and where that's at. We've got some sports stuff. Believe it or not... Miss Amuthan's allowed some sports stuff on the program. Uh, we'll be talking with the, uh, the Dragon Boat people here. We'll be talking with Blind Sailing Canada. Uh, of course, when we get things started, we're going to have Ian White, the president of the CCB Visionaries Chapter, and Louise Gillis, uh, uh, the uh, president of CCB National. They're going to join us on the program, kind of launch us into it, and we'll get a little more exploration as to, to who's here Uh, about White Cane Week itself because we're just about to start it and this event's a great marker. Now, has Ramia participated in any sport-related activities so far this morning that you know of? No, the one that she participated in is called Bad Punctuality. She got here too late, so she's uh, slept in. So she's done nothing. Oh, shots shots fired by by your... To your co-host. Oh, oh no, sorry. I'm sorry. She did go by the Trailblazers table to see what free stuff they were giving away. <laughs> did she find where the food was? She tried a chocolate bar that I had been given, and it was funny because she thought at first, I said, it's chocolate peanut butter. Oh, I said, here, have a bite. She opened her mouth, and she heard Catherine say something about fruit. Man, that mouth went suddenly backwards so <laughs> quick. Um, we know her in the... Nah, sometimes the fruit's just not the priority. <laughs> Kelly, have a great show, a and uh, it'll be fun. You can catch them at 1 p.m. Eastern Time as an AMI-audio live, and they'll have you covered for two hours, and you can catch all that. That's it for us this week. I'd like to thank Dave Rukavina, Cam Jenkins. I'd also like to thank our technician, Paula Deneen, Jeff Ryman, Matt Agnew, And, of course, our manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Tune in next week because you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Have a great weekend. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.